So, if no single plant species can occupy all niches, what does this mean for Darwinian demons? Can they actually exist? They can try. They can do very well in one particular avenue, producing lots and lots of offspring. But there's a cost to that, and the cost of producing lots of offspring is often to grow rather poorly and to have a shortened life. So it isn't possible in reality to live forever and have lots of offspring. You tend to find that, for example, in trees, that those species that produce the most seeds are actually very short-lived. Things like birches. Those trees that live a lot longer don't start to reproduce until they're quite old oaks, for example. And while they will produce a lot of seeds in the end, they have to save up resources. They have to postpone reproduction for a long time in order to do that. So there are many trade-offs of that kind that force specialization. The thing about the Darwinian demon is, if you like, that it's a generalist and it's good at everything, and that turns out just to be not possible. And yet, there are plants today which have many of the characteristics of Darwinian demons, and it seems that there are certain conditions that actually favour their survival. Take species that are introduced from one environment to another and end up invading their new habitats with astonishing success. What's curious from a Darwinian point of view is that very often these species are doing better than where they evolved. And they're doing better in their new habitat than the species that evolved in that habitat. So, at first glance, this is very much anti-Darwinian, because you have species that are doing better where they are not adapted, because they didn't evolve there, than they did back home, and they're also doing better than the natives. An example in many parts of the world might be Japanese knotweed, which. Is a plant that reproduces asexually. Essentially, fragments of the plant can grow, and they grow at an incredibly fast rate. They spread enormously, and it turns out that this plant, all populations of it, pretty much throughout the world outside Japan, where it comes from, all belong to a single clone. They're all one genetic individual. For a while, this plant is showing all the signs of it being a Darwinian demon. It is spreading in a demonic way. Uh, incidentally, it's very expensive to eradicate from derelict land. And on the site of the London Olympics for 2012, they're having to spend something like fifty thousand pounds a hectare just to remove Japanese knotweed. And if you don't remove it, the roots will come up through the the tarmac and destroy the building sites. So it's very important to remove it, and it, it's a very good example of sort of demonic behaviour. Why does something behave like that? Well, we don't really know, but I think that the likeliest answer is that in its native environment, a plant like Japanese knotweed is attacked by insects and other herbivores that have evolved with it. So it's got a whole fauna of natural enemies, also fungi and things like that, that keep it in check and that it's evolved with. When plants travel, and it's the same is true to some extent of animals as well, they tend to leave behind their natural enemies. This is certainly true of anything that spreads by seeds, because the enemies,、uh, you know, you know, caterpillars or that sort of thing, will be left behind. So I think this tells you why some of these plants are such a nuisance when they travel, but not when they're at home. And also, of course, suggests a solution to the problem, which is to introduce the natural enemies to the areas where these plants have been become established in order to try and reintroduce a check on their populations. So to preserve biodiversity. The demonic tendencies of any one species need to be kept in check, allowing a variety of species to coexist. There are practical ways of doing this, depending on the habitat. 
one way this needs to be done is to control the nutrient inputs to plant habitats because when nutrients go up, this tends to favour those few species that are best able to turn those nutrients into offspring. And this then outcompetes the other species, so you lose species. Another way is through grazing. Many species-rich grasslands, for example, those you find in limestone habitats, depend upon grazing to keep in check the grasses, which will, in other circumstances, totally overtake their habitat. So to a large extent, managing these kinds of plant habitats for diversity is basically an exercise in controlling the demonic tendencies of species. There are factors today which can influence the spread of demonic species and cause mayhem in the ecological theatre. Climate change can disrupt communities of plants and animals living in different areas of the globe and encourage the invasion of new species into those areas. Advances in plant breeding, including genetic modification, may introduce new demonic species into habitats. We need to be aware of the ecological impact of these developments if we're to safeguard diversity and ensure that the lights don't go out prematurely on our planet's evolutionary play.